Hello and welcome to Bench Unit. My name is Mark and I am joined by even in his compromised state as he lays flat on his stomach. He may have been the most effective defender in last night's NBA All-Star game. He is the Atreus to my Kratos. How's it going, James? Uh, not too bad. Do we start every podcast with a millennial pause? I think we do. Do you know what that is? What's that? Um, everyone above a certain age is so used to like the way phone cameras used to like if you were recording a video you would hit record and there'd be like a one second lag so we and people a couple of years younger than us and everyone older than us kind of waits for half a second but like we hit record on this and it records immediately younger people don't, don't like yeah it's basically it's a thing that got pointed out on TikTok and I wondered if we're doing the audio equivalent of it Shall we start again? Because I feel like we've marinated on it long enough that no one needs to hear this as the intro anyway. I don't want to start again. It's fine. This is all good. Saying this is all good, let's keep it in, doesn't really count as in this is all good enough. Let's keep it in. Um, Entirely fair. I need, to, um, I, need to fill, I need to fill gaps because I'm just slowly, slowly losing my mind not being able to play basketball. Yeah. So I don't know how much basketball, like I've gone full circle I've said this a couple of times in previous years, but like it normally happens in like April, but it's happened really early because of the amount of basketball I've watched where I'm just like, because I've been sitting doing nothing, I'm just like, I don't know, man, do we just like, is it, is it all just making shots? <laughs> Awful, isn't it? Um, before we get started, and given that I need, need to live vicariously through you on this front, having already experienced it once for myself, can I get your... 30 second take on God of War so far? Um, I'm having a great time, but I've also only played it straight after playing a different game with different controls, and it's absolutely thumbing me. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> I just, the amount of hitting the wrong button and not getting out of the way of other people's attacks is just not good for me. But <laughs> man, it's a lot of fun. The context to all of this is. I have had a, a, a pressure sore for the guts of a month, probably. Yeah, a month and a bit at this point. I haven't been able to play basketball. And like the second we realized how long it would be, uh, Anna bought me a PlayStation <laughs> as an early birthday present. Um, oh, yeah. Also, we didn't do an episode last week because it was once again two years in a row where it's got to my birthday. And I've been like, nah. <laughs> well, also, the, um, the, Games last week, the only really interesting one was Bilbao Amiab, um, which I didn't think you were going to give a huge amount of secrets away on, so I wasn't going to push you for, like, hey, can we do a whole episode so that when it gets this two-point um, Amiab win, you can be like, oh, we were nearly there, and then that was kind of... I can be like, uh, you know, we if we beat Gran Canaria, we will see them in the Copa del Rey semi-final, so I'll probably, if I have any good ideas, I wouldn't give them away, and if I didn't, you wouldn't want to hear them anyway. Um <laughs> Who do we think we are keeping secrets is the funny thing. Um, very valid. Uh, there's a very funny thing where I was kind of watching it as just an emotionally invested fan and teammate rather than anything else to the point that because those games are live on Spanish TV and then they take a day or two to be re-uploaded as something you can watch. Uh, I had a laugh where someone from our team got in touch. I was like, well, what did you see? And I was like, I, I have no idea. Like, I'm going to have to have another go. For for clarity's sake, this was just me screaming at refs and trying not to jump up and down and 
but yeah um also like i feel like us missing an episode was us missing a chance to be like shout out to charlie moore the job of a female one in the mixed gender club game is a tough gig when you're called upon with ice cold hands uh and also ice cold veins so yeah that was the one thing that i probably would have gone out of my way to do so yeah we can we can move on to this week fair point shall we use the fact that we're talking about amiab to jump onto amiab directly it would be really funny to be like to find a really convoluted transition and then the only other game we're talking about being amiab one but yes <laughs> we probably should all right so we are there's very little in the spanish league that we wanted to talk about this week um so we're gonna do this game malaga and uh albacete and we're gonna do the big game in germany and then the other big game in germany we will do later on this week um because we will be joined to talk about wiesbaden hanover by aaron young so yeah so it's <laughs> surprise uh so we're only gonna do a couple of games and then do a bit of cup del rey talk this yeah. week because I don't know. I feel like we're in flux currently. We're Let's, um, trying things on. So yeah, Spain game of the entire weekend was um, this was the second closest one. The closest one, which is kind of roughly since we changed the format of you of um, how we're doing the roundup to kind of try and cherry pick the the interesting stuff. The closest game was Madiba and Juventud, which was a seven point win for. I genuinely can't even remember which team now. Maniba. Um, so, um, yeah, that was a seven-point game. Obviously not going to talk a huge amount about that one. Um, Can I just say, it was funny because I didn't really check if that game was close because I wasn't sure it was going to be or I just forgot or whatever. And then I saw Ayak, it was doing the highlights of it on Instagram. And I was like, oh, this must have been great. Like, that's a, <laughs> that's a weird one for her to pick, I would have thought. Yeah, that's um, a- that's indie filmmaker kind of, kind of. Yeah, I was gonna say because it wasn't like one of the teams that she likes or full of any of the players that I like. I'm aware that she is a big fan of. All I'm just big fan of everyone. So yeah. Um, Malaga sixty-seven, Amiab seventy-seven. This was weird. Like, very yeah, um, weird indeed. I saw the I saw it was a ten point game as I was kind of scrolling through various stat sheets and I was like, oh, that's closer than expected. Um, and then I got caught up with watching the German games, and then I think the next before I got a chance to come back and check this out, the next I saw of it was, I think Malaga are one of those teams who do their they do like updates on their Instagram per quarter. Oh, the quarter, yeah. Um, which I always find a little bit overkill, but then I looked back and saw this one was a three-point game after three quarters, and I was like, what the hell? Like, that third that quarter was as much fun as I've had watching a game of basketball intermittently for a while. There was a point where, do you know, they like took the ball out and like wiped it with a towel because it was obviously sweaty or whatever at one point. I was just like, did they put flubber on this basketball? Like, this is pinging around, and people were like cutting, and it was jungle ball, and they were it was like half jungle ball, half like weird not weird but like half like unconventional one high pick and roll sets and like i feel like there was a point where no one went like ball down one side wing pick and roll swing to the middle and i was having a great time with how weird it got and then i don't know i feel like that could have been really beneficial to 
I thought, like, I would have thought, like, it going a bit mad would have been really beneficial to to Amiab, and then turns out it what they needed to do was just kind of get control of it again. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, seeing the score after three quarters, I was then particularly surprised when, um, I watched the first quarter of the game back, and it was immediately a like a. 24-12 or something, 12-6. Yeah. It, it was like 12-2 at one point during the, the quarter, and I was like, well, this finished as a 10-point game, got, like, started off as a 10-point game, essentially, got all the way down to three and, and then back to 10. And the third quarter, for all the, like, histrionics and fireworks that went on, um, was <laughs> just finished 20-all. So this was the breakdown of quarters. This Amiab wins first quarter 24-12. Malaga wins the second quarter 21-12. So that's three-point game at halftime. All square third quarter at 20 each. And then Amiab have to win the fourth quarter 21-14, which makes that 10-point difference up. And Filipski scored 14 points of his own in the fourth quarter. So he matched Malaga single-handedly. Unbelievable. And yeah, the, the weird thing to me was that um. So Amiab have been, obviously, their two big guys have been in and out of the lineup seemingly all season. I've got a couple of um, revelations in here that are going to show me up as not having watched a huge amount of Amiab this season because, frankly, it just isn't worth it unless they're playing one of the other top teams in Spain and they didn't play Euro Cup, obviously. Um, Greatest compliment of all, that they're so good that you don't care sometimes. Yeah, genuinely. So first, I'll get this one off while I remember. I love watching them either way. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm I'm hoping you forget your point. No, I'm joking. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, First of all, their their numbering on their jerseys for the guys who are single digits, having 0-9 for Harry or 0-7 for Alejandro, that sucks. They need to get rid of that immediately. I love it. I think it's weird and funny and stupid. Exactly. And I think you should be allowed decimal points on jerseys. That was going to be my next point. Do, do you get to <laughs> 0-9.00? Take, take the fashion advice from me as I sit here in a plain black hoodie over a plain white shirt. But, um, oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> but I think... Um, yeah, that sucks. They need to change that. But outside of that, they're bigs just entire time. And they've the gone with what? It. Sorry, you cut out for me there and probably the rest of the world. That's fine. I said their bigs seem to have been in and out the whole time. Um, and they've gone with this still big lineup, but not gigantic lineup of Phil, Ben, Filipski, Oscar, Onrubia, um, and then Harry Brown in there as well. And they... Still just have whatever they want. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I didn't believe this when I was watching it, but the Lee and Alejandro lineup played like those two guys played 18 minutes each and they were both minus 13. And it's like, uh, they, they've reached a weird point of being so luxury to what this team is trying to do that if it's not working, they just chuck those guys back on the bench. Apparently this can't be what they expect their their ultimate lineups to look like as they go into like the Champions Cup and stuff like that. But I thought I thought they did well in just sticking what with what worked for them. Um, that lineup has obviously proved itself as they're undefeated for the season. As far as I am aware, they've not dropped a weird one. They did no. drop a weird one to Malaga last year. Do you remember that one? They <laughs> like, did, yes. Like 43-41 or something. <laughs> Which is like, it is interesting to go through that and then 
get into a close fourth quarter against a team like Malaga and kind of it says something about the sort of mental fortitude to be like, oh, we were here sort of yeah. late last season as well. Cool. Let's not let let's pull this out. Um, but yeah, it's weird because like that lineup is like so this is the best lineup in Europe for the last handful of years, and I have no doubt that it is probably still that or one of them. But I think it just goes to like I think the fact that they had to sort of go in different directions doesn't say anything about their lineup from last year with the four bigs. I think it says more about the fact that they've just got an embarrassment of riches that they're able to go, all right, cool, this guy's not around or this guy's out for a couple of weeks or whatever. We need to switch it up and then they just stumble upon maybe the best press in Europe. Not stumble upon, like they have the best press in Europe and that's what they run. And as I said, like, you look at that lineup and it's still one of the best shooters of all time. Like, and then just like a load of, what's that? When you say best shooters of all time, I assume you're talking about Oscar on Rubio just rolling down and popping a three to start a possession in the first quarter. I was going to get to him and I was going to be like, yeah, like <laughs> Fifi, historical shooter, like um, Ben's been unbelievable for the whole season. Like, Ben's been great for a couple of years, obviously. Phil, one of the best threes in the world. Like, you've just got so much, like, defensively as well. Like, Harry and Oscar being the other two guys. And then also, Oscar just doesn't miss anymore for some reason. Like, I, I don't know. Like, we've spoken about it before, where it's like he was two from three on threes, two from eight overall. Like, I, I feel like, I mean, from two, sorry. Um, it just feels like he shoots 140% when you're playing against him because, like, in that lineup, he's the sort of third perimeter guy most of the time that you could... Like, it's pretty hard to make a choice to leave someone open on the block unless it's forcing the ball inside to lower pointers, but they're so good at finding the way around that, and I just feel like it kills you every time Oscar hits Yeah. Like a yeah. catch and shoot from eighteen feet because he like every team nearly every team gives him the chance to like catch the ball, check the wind, spin, like he like yeah. twists the ball around looking for the right grip and it's like I wonder if we're gonna see teams sort of adjust to that eventually or if if teams are gonna find a way to because you can't sell out on him or else you're absolutely in trouble. And I wonder if teams are gonna try and find a way to sort of give him a bit more attention, but not but it's it's mad that a guy was four from 11, 36%. And I'm like, oh, that's a killer. Yeah, it's, um, I, I've i long, I don't know how you would ever implement this, but I've long been a supporter of the, um, the idea that if guys get deliberately left open to the point where the defense is like making them prove it, a made shot that you get left wide open for and they day should, should count for three and a left open three should count for four. Um, I love. I think like emotionally, it probably does for some teams because yeah, it's real. Yeah. Like, do you remember that from your playing days where you were like, "It's all right, let him have it." And there's just a weird thing of like your white knuckling being like, "It's all right, it's gonna fall off at some point," but they hit enough that it keep, that keeps you going. Like, yeah. what did he have seven against us last week? Um, also, Fifi coming off a sort of lower percentage shooting game last week. I don't actually remember exactly what it was, but he 
you know, he's ended up coming back with flipping 71%, 15 from 21. Normal service resumed. I think he was like eight from 22 against you guys, wasn't he, or something yeah. to that um, Which is like, it's just completely insane that it was like, oh yeah, cool, no, got it, never mind, I'm back. Um, they uh, managed to ride the wave last week with him going there. Um, that was, yeah, that was seven from 18 last week. Um, I have a question before we get to Malaga. I have a question as pertains to Amiab that I am interested to get your thoughts on. Um, oh, are you interested in me skirting around my thoughts? Yeah. Um, oh, no worries. That's the best I'm going to get. So I've psyched myself up for it. No worries. Uh, so I was thinking this watching both this game and Thuringen as well. Um, obviously, these guys, you could frame it as the advantage that they don't have to play the Euro Cup um, opening round because they qualify to host the quarterfinals as hosts. Um, I've seen between Amiab's game this uh, this week and last week when they just squeezed by you guys and Thuringen obviously will get to them losing this week and they lost to Hanover I think the week the break before Euro Cup. Do you think having not having that Euro Cup competition to ramp up into and hopefully sustain peak form from for a little bit? Do you think these guys season is slightly lacking in like benchmarks and check boxes to hit in a way that leads them to some below their own standards play? Uh, in kind of this middle portion of the season, that was very um, common. I think they've done all right with it here because they had us, then Malaga. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. But uh, I was saying, are you aware that they, from now on, their next three weekends are Copa del Rey, Illunion, Champions Cup? Uh, I did know it was two of the three. I didn't know they had Illunion in the middle. So yeah. yeah. That- that's not a bad ramp to Illunion to... in the middle. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty rough. Like that's a pretty intense part of the season. Just mentally, like yeah. there's a thing of in my last couple of seasons, especially here. I remember my Bilbao seasons a bit more fresh than the Grand Canary ones. But there's a thing of when you go through a couple of hefty weeks of big games, and then you have a team that is lower down in the league. There's something really nice about like that Sunday, Monday, being like, oh, cool, this week might be a little more chilled out. But the flip side of it is if they haven't played anyone good since pre-Christmas leading up to this, like I think I think they're I think these last two weeks have probably been helpful for them, but also I don't know, they've had a couple of years of having to do the same thing and being so yeah. good that they don't need to go to the opening rounds of Champions Cup and they've been fine for two years yeah. in a row. So I don't Definitely. think like there's enough really, really motivated guys on that team that I think they're good and also I think it maybe hurts teams more that have like seven guys yeah but like yeah. They, I'd say their scrimmages are better than some of their games against the lower league teams yeah no that yeah. is entirely fair um Malaga side will just touch on um 27 for Jaime Esparza on Pretty efficient, nine of sixteen. Uh, he had twelve rebounds and nine assists as well. Uh, also, we don't normally get this on the feed, but because this game was on the Twitch stream, we got a um, a close up of Espasa. I think during a like a sideline ball, and that guy's hair is luscious. He's got like a, 
he's got a little curl coming down that like people who people would pay a, a professional hairstylist for and would not be able to achieve what that guy has going on. So shout out to him. Um, That's a wild take. Um, it's true. Um, I like it. Um, I'll find the timestamp of the video and set, I'll post it. Um, or just send it yeah, to me rather than posting screenshots of random guys with like context. <laughs> Let's not make this weird. Um, I always think it's interesting when you see a team like Ami, I'd be like, all right, Kyle, you get seven shots in 40 minutes. Like, yeah. there's one point where they ran a ran a set where it was like Kyle inbounds from the left, um, like in line with the three-point line, um, inbounds to Esparza. They've got a screen in the middle. It looks like he's going to come towards it, but throws it to Esparza, goes baseline, Esparza comes off that, so they have a high pick and roll. Kyle's just drifting towards the baseline with a screen, draw help, kick it out to him, he splashes it, and there's just like a Oh yeah, like I had this moment of like, oh yeah, they've really, really made an effort of keeping Kyle quiet. That's what this guy can do. Never mind. Like, um, yeah, he made his first. I think he made Malaga's first shot, which was like a little roll into the elbow yes. semi floater. And then I don't think he got another attempt for most of the first quarter. Yeah, um, yeah, and Salvador Sandoval he had twenty four on twelve of nineteen. Uh, the the Malaga game plan in terms of getting shots up against Amiab was seemingly or gets either of the Amiab guards on him within his shooting range get the shot up immediately. Uh, he had uh-huh. like an elbow post up over Harry with about twenty seconds on the shot clock, and I was like, "What is going on here?" <laughs> um, and then hey, good he looks did, a good look. The, uh, and he did the same thing to Oscar on Rubio, where he just like he cut behind the ball to get position so ended up like two feet further out than he was and then was like i'm just shooting this <laughs> yeah whatever. it's it's mad that he because i think in that lineup without leo alejandro on the floor for amiab i think salvador might be the biggest guy out there um between the two teams i might be wrong on that maybe phil's not massive. Isn't far <laughs> off um and it's funny to see that even against this smaller Amiab team, he's like, hey, if I get not a giant on me, this shot's going up, because I don't know what forest might swallow me up if I get anywhere near the big guys. It's a real thing where it's like, hey, the higher up you get, none of this give up a none of this give up a good shot for a great one. It's like you're playing Amiab, people just swallow all of your stuff up, like take a decent shot. Like Yeah. Um but yeah, there was a point as well where I feel like third quarter, there was a point where Sandoval just got going to the basket a lot. Like, there was a lot of, like, okay, let's see if we can get a couple of cheapies. Like, I'm ever going to fix it, but let's see if we can get three or four before we get yeah. there. Um, I mean, before they, they get there. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of, like, I am keep going back to that third quarter, but it was so much fun. Like, both teams were, like, running, like, exchanges and moving ball and player quite well. And it was just, like, it was just, like, back and forward and then I don't know it was just some of it seemed unconventional I thought that that was my first impression then I watched a bit of it again today and I was like oh there is actually just a lot of wing pick and roll but it's like interspersed with like some good transition stuff and then some like weird high pick and roll sets and like we know Ami have run some sets and um, Malaga were running some similar stuff and it was like oh this is this is just this is not exactly what I thought we'd see and it was oh yeah I I had a good time for yeah. that quarter. 
for that um, quarter at least. <laughs> question: As you've alluded to the schedule coming up for Amiab, do we? How close to full strength do we think they are going into this Copa del Rey, Illunion, and then Champs Cup quarterfinals? Do we think? A, do we think Lionel Alejandro are ready to go out and play heavy minutes? And B, do we think they've got the right balance of when to use that lineup? Because it didn't really look like it in this game, or maybe this was just a one-off. Um, I but- think it's reasonable to think that's a one-off until like further notice. Um, they also, who's their first um, Copa del Rey game? I forget. Let me double check. I don't like it. I'll put it this way, I remember seeing it. And oh, it's Vigo. Anyone to worry about. No Vigo. Um, yeah, so I think, I mean, their bigs will look just fine in that particular match, I would imagine. Although you would have said the same here. So, um, yeah. Whether or not this was just a fluke occurrence, I guess we will we'll wait and see. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. I think they'll be fine. Um, uh, yeah, no, I think they're good. But... Um, we shall see. Like, I don't think... Also, like, as I say, every so often, like, sometimes someone having a certain number of the plus-minus isn't all to do with a certain lineup. It's like, other team has a good run. You happen yeah. to be stepping in front of a train. Yeah. No, that's one minute. Like, um, Right. Have we anything else on the Spanish side, or shall we shift on? Um, No. We can run through results and stuff, but most of it was... Blowout central. There was a point that I thought Alunion were Alunion were mathematically on course for 120 at one point, and I would just like to say that the fact that they didn't get to 100 is disappointing because I live for hundreds. Mm-hmm. And speaking of teams that usually make it to 100 and don't, I know you said um, I know you said we'd run through scores, but that transition was there for the taking. Yeah. So we're go- we're going to Germany. Um, oh yeah. Making it almost two thirds of the way to a hundred, Thuringia Bulls, and they had sixty four, and it was sixty nine for Landil. And this one completes the sweep for the regular season. So Landil beat Thuringia two nil in the two matchups. Do you remember the score from the last game? I had a look at it this morning. Uh, I do not. Was it similar? No, no, it wasn't that close at all. But I mean, was it like? Was it well? No, it couldn't have been. Nobody could ever accuse the Bulls of not being consistent <laughs> because they had 60 game as well. Um, and then it was Landil 84. So the Bulls got from a 20-point loss first time out to a five-point loss this time. And this game featured many ebbs and flows. Um, this one started... 14 in the first quarter for Thuringen and almost the entirety of that was thanks to Jordi Ruiz Jordi uh, Ruiz who was here for it by the looks of things yeah. he went like that three early I was like oh this is what they need like home court good crowd Yeah. also they came out mid they came out with their mids and press lineup and I was like alright they are they are swinging here like they're going for a big swing early on and I kind of thought the press plus Jordi getting going yeah. was Sort of, I don't know if you were like, hey, what does it take for this to go their way? It was someone to step up early and kind of take momentum, but even then, didn't matter. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I would argue it did matter for 10 minutes, and then... Oh, yeah, but that's what I mean. Um, Jordy had 25 for the game. Um, and the... I mean, the real story of this one, more on the Bulls' side than on the Landale side, but we will we'll get to that, is, is um, the kind of mainstays of the two teams as we have known them for however long we've been doing this. Um, on the Thuringer side, Alex Haluski with six points on two of 13. And one of four for two points in 16 minutes. Yeah. And on the Landale side, Tommy Bo. Boma just 12 minutes played, two points on one of nine shooting. After the game that he had been ill that week and had only attempted to play on the Friday, the day before the game. So oh. that one is sl- slightly easier to explain away and also will be forgotten about because Lando won. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the for me, the number that defines this, um, which we can dive into in a minute here, is Lucy and Vahid combining for eight points total, which is the same number that Rayo Fujimoto scored for Landil in 13 minutes off the bench. Hmm. Uh, so I think it is a fair argument to say Landil, who have, if there has been one thing they've struggled with against Thuringen, it has been getting beaten and bludgeoned by a bigger, more physical team. Very reasoned argument that Landil had the three best big guys in this game. Um, yeah, I would say so. Which is certainly a certainly a turnaround to how it has traditionally looked, and yeah, the I was speaking to Mandel about this game this morning, that um, and kind of the big takeaway was, I mean, considering that I mean, Vahid, I think it's fair to say this season, especially and also in the last couple of years, he isn't the same guy that he was at maybe the peak Bulls years where he was. Whichever year we first covered the Champions Cup, he got the All Star five at that, I think, and he was unstoppable. He's yeah. We we had a is this guy better than everyone currently conversation. I I don't think we landed on yes, but the fact that that was a chat worth having was interesting. That was a handful of years ago. He was a beast at one point. He looks like his. I wouldn't go so far. Well, I might go so far as to say his confidence has gone, but he just isn't playing with the same level of it, intensity and ferocity that. Um, and some drop off from him has been something they could absorb. Uh, Haluski has kind of always chugged along pretty steady, but the fact they got eight points from their two main big guys who almost never played together outside of like a couple of minutes in each half, the fact that the Bulls were within five points of stealing this win with eight points from their two big guys is nothing short of miraculous, quite honestly. Um, Nuts. I think you could argue that should give them some reason for optimism, but I certainly don't think that that is the case. Um, I don't think anything about what their two guys showed in this game is reason for optimism (laughs) on on their front. There has been no bigger um, throwing a Bulls believer than me. No. I I think... The actual big swinging point of this game, if you're going to go for what Landil did well versus what didn't go well for Durgan, is the Rose-Yannick lineup being plus 20 in what ended up being 27 and a half minutes. Um, there was a, apart from obviously Jordy having a good go at it himself, uh, there was a point where I kind of felt like, and this is not, an unreasonable tactic, but 
Turingen seemed like it was like, okay, who's the weak link? Who's the lowest pointer here? Um, and they were kind of just whoever, like their offense was going to whoever was on Katowice rather than anything else. Yeah. My doorbell's ringing. I'm going to have to go and edit this out. Hold on two seconds. Sorry. He's back. I filled almost that entire silence, you know? And did you vamp well enough that I don't need to edit this out? Even the bit of me being like, oh, the doorbell rang, I should edit this? No, you definitely will, because as I ran out of stuff to say, I was like, ah, James is going to be back at some point, and I'll ask him what he thinks as he oh. just gets back. Um, oh, God. I really hope this was... I, I, I wish it was just like... Funny enough that we could leave it in. I can't be bothered editing. What? I tried. I ran out of material. All right. No worries. But what I was saying before is there was a point, and I know it's kind of one of their sort of things that they, like, not a rule, I would say, but they kind of, anyone who is being defended by a female one, they will just cut or drive if they have the ball and just try and get to the basket. And it felt like I said this in one of the games that we've spoken about this year, and I don't think it was Turingen versus Landil, but it was a team that was, maybe it was, it was a team that was missing their ability to go in a different direction with a lineup, and I was like, a female one was being hunted a bit too much, and I had a point of like, it would have been interesting if they were able to just go away from that, just to see if the the other team had any ideas, and it kind of felt like, the big thing that bumped up, like you look at, like, I wish you could have lineup breakdowns in terms of plus minus, but I mean, points yeah. scored and like defensive plus minus and offensive plus minus, but uh, one can, one can hope. But like, no, I, I felt like the second that the second that the lowest pointer on the floor was Yannick, and that's no knock against Katavice or female ones or low pointers in general. Yannick's just an unbelievably sturdy one. I just feel like there was a point where it was like, all right, cool. Go hunting, like happy hunting. Off you go. Uh, who have you got? There was a point where their offense just kind of looked out of ideas comparatively to what they were doing when there were sort of more obvious sort of points to yeah. hunt. Um, yeah, and I think I think the um, the hunting the female low thing is is an interesting tactic because it is it is like the equivalent of being like, hey, I'm almost certain there's a shortcut around here somewhere. I just need to spend some time finding it. And it's like, okay, well, in the time you're finding the shortcut, we're standing around and we could have set off on like the longer route that we know to be existent. Um, But I think it's an interesting one because I don't think Thuringer were terrible defensively. I think Landil have been consistently good defensively. Yes. Um, like hell, holding Landil to 70 is great. Europe. Yeah. Um, and I think that Landil, we watched them last year and they just looked out of inspiration offensively for chunks of the season there. And I think they've officially reached the point where their defense is now good enough that they can reliably absorb the fact that their offense is like a B to B plus, um, especially in this form of the team where Tommy wasn't able to give it 100%. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, the the Rose Holloman and Yannick off the bench with 24 combined points, 20 of which came from Rose. Um, I don't know how this game looks without that, but also if 
Thuringen's game plan was to ignore her completely, then Rose might have 20 against them in any future matchups, as she has in both games this season. Um, And yeah, I thought, for me, the biggest difference per team, I think Vahid's lack of impact puts up... Let's put it this way. I think Thuringen have always rolled two bigs out there that you have to account for at all times, inside and out, more or less. And it has bought their guards, who they have huge guards across the board. Even Podniex, who's a one-five, is like total of all the superpowers of all the one-pointers ever. <laughs> um, but they've got huge guards, and they've always been able to leverage that because both their bigs are being defended so hard. Um, and with Vahid not contributing in the way he has done before. It feels like Linden and Jens are like their main inside guys now because Haluski plays on the perimeter so much. And it's like, okay, these guys are great when they're cutting against, you know, Katowice or, you know, whoever else, Jim Palmer when they play B Spartan or whatever else. But yeah, they look less good when they're cutting to the basket and there's still one of Mendel or Gunther or Rio able to camp out and help because there's not another big on the floor outside of Haluski. Yeah, Mendel, Gutner, Rio, Quinton, who is yeah. big and long, and Rose, who is a 3-5. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, from the Landil standpoint, I thought Mendel played 40 minutes. I, mean, I think the real contribution of that, among other things, is that they don't have to play Rio in huge bursts against this big physical team. Because I think every time we've seen Rio play heavy minutes in the Landil during a matchup, he tends to have like one hot streak per game or per half, and then they wear him down. Um, and Rio off the bench to just play essentially the Richard Norche and Gran Canaria role of being like, hey, I'm just going to get three shots up per minute and see what happens. Yeah. Um, if I touch the ball, it's going up, not down. Um. Yeah. That's a luxury most teams don't have. Um, and I think they made the most of it. And yeah, I think both ha- being able to let Gunther play as the inside guy. And I was thinking about it, but Mendel is bizarrely seemingly the skeleton key of this whole thing. And I actually think he's a much more Bulls player than he is a Landil player. Maybe that's part of it. But yeah, maybe think... the, maybe Landil needed a bit of whatever you think makes him one rather than the other. Is yeah. kind of, it kind of may been my point last year where I was like I, I like no one like they're missing a bit of like a bit of punch like yeah. they're missing a bit of like they're they're great at they're great at picking locks but they have no one to kick doors down um and now they have a bit of both well no like they had a bit of that but they're a bit more direct every so often with Mendel and I think teams I think great teams need that balance yeah yeah no you're 100% right um and yeah, I thought this was just, I think we're, I haven't really, haven't thought about it in the wider context, but it took me until kind of this week to click that Landil are actually undefeated across the season. I think they, I think them and Amiab are the only two undefeated and you have to factor in for um, Landil that includes going to the most competitive round of Euro Cup we've seen so far this year. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what that, but I think they must be like seventeen and zero or eighteen and zero at this point, including two wins over Thuringen, beating Hanover, Wiesbaden one or two times each, and then 
area and send stuff now. So I don't know why, but I've been a little bit lukewarm on them. I think just because of the hangover of how last year ended. But I certainly think that if they haven't peaked already, they are certainly peaking at the right time. And yeah, if their defense keeps up, man, they're going to be tough for anybody. And I don't any team that has an obvious formula to beat them, um, mainly due to them having no clear weak points, other than the fact I think they'll struggle to... I think Lando will probably struggle to score kind of 70 and above against good teams consistently. I think that 84 points set against the ring last time was more the outlier than the 69ers yeah it was um, more the game getting away like the game being over after a quarter and a half yeah I could see I could see Albacete holding them defensively like um, but I want to see that game and I will in three weeks which is exciting well we all will um, which is going to be great me um, I people are going to think this is too hard of a zag given my typical standpoint but I don't think Thuringen are making the Champs Cup Final Four. Oh, who do you think makes it in instead? Uh, I think Ilunion and Galatasaray from that side. Ooh, okay, yeah. Maybe. They, and I like all their players, I like everything they've got, but I mean, we talked about what Landil did to help balance themselves in terms of bringing Mendel in. Um, especially in comparison to what Gaz brought to them last year, which didn't really fit. Um, and I think Thuringen look bizarrely because I think Lando looked uninspired to end last season. I think Thuringen looked pretty stale. They look like they are lacking on like fresh blood and fresh ideas. And it was never more obvious than the fact that Lando had three bigs to roll out. And meanwhile, the Bulls have played their two guys they've trusted for a long time, and rightfully so, but they've got both Ari and Hubert Haga on the bench, and it's like, hey, play those guys a combined one second and see if they give you anything, but... They've been yeah, playing they... at least Hubert Haga a good bit this season, yeah. on and off. Also, I think Driss would have helped them, but he's been injured well, all year. You say, um, he would have helped, you say he would have helped them, but Carlos played 35 minutes and had 10 points on 80% shooting. Like, yeah, never mind. Like, like is, is Driss bringing you anything outside of that? Like, I think he's yeah, a good no, good point. Also, I don't think, I don't think you can go. Hmm, if our one five could give us more than thirty minutes and double figures <laughs> points, we would have won the game. Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Statistically, I don't think you need to hang your hat on anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, I think feels a little weird all year, but I don't have a clue what's going on there. And it's it's interesting because maybe I overthought the Amiab thing with their bigs not being quite their typical selves but if i had to if i had to pick one finalist from last year's champions cup final to repeat appear it would certainly be amiab over the bulls and that's, sure. that's even though i don't think amiab have been absolutely 100% themselves up to this point in the year um but yeah there you go i think the bulls are going to miss the final four unless they snap out of it but i don't see it Sure. Well, they have a couple of weeks to figure it out. So, yeah. They've also, like, rolled everyone that hasn't been Landil, but also rolling teams that are Landil standard is kind of their only measuring stick for yeah, Champions exactly. Cup Final Fours. But, yeah, um, fair enough. Shall we um, 
shall we give out the belt before we talk about some Cup of Del Rey stuff so that we don't forget? Yes, let's do it. Uh, is it Rose Hollerman for going 10 from 17 for 20 points plus 20? I uh, actually... I actually want to give it to both Rose and Yannick as co-holders, which I think we're allowed to do because they're teammates. Um, yeah, because if it were a physical object, it is perceivable that they could share it. Yeah, and also, so we, seeing as it's an object, who who's to say that there can't be two of them that make up the whole thing? Yeah, also, it's not real. I just love the idea that we were getting, we would get like, metaphysical but like imposing rules upon something that doesn't <laughs> exist if it were to exist um, um, my other, my other suggestion for the belt was going to be mikey pay um and hanover game but it feels redundant to award it to him for a game we've not talked about yet and we're going to talk to juice about on wednesday so i think we just have to let's not overthink it and let's go with the obvious one on this one cool yeah rose and yannick to be fair if i'm if my initial thing was Rose for her plus 20 in 27 minutes thing, and Yannick was the other person to come on the floor at the same time, and he also shot 100% and was plus 20, I feel like, yeah, fair enough. Congrats to those guys. Shall we talk a little Copa del Rey? Let's do it. Okay, so I have the quarterfinals in yep. front of me here. Um, Written down, not in terms of... Not temporarily, unfortunately. Um, it, well, it doesn't seem like it anyway, because uh, it's in four days, and I'm still lying on my stomach in my living room doing a podcast. Um, right, so first one is Illunion Malaga. Hmm. Do you see a world in which there is an upset? Uh, I guess if you believe that Illunion are more than 10 points worse than Albacete, then it would make mathematical sense. But that uh, also... That's not how it works. And also, <laughs> Albacete beat Illunion by like 21, I think. So they would be yeah, if that's how right. it worked. Um, 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 now, I think Malaga are, have improved as the season has gone on. Um, and I certainly think there is a handful of teams that had they drawn against when the teams were announced I would have been like eh, probably that team over Malaga whereas like I think if Malaga had drawn Gran Canaria this time out I might have given them a, a shout now versus what I would have done at the time the selections were made but unfortunately it's extremely unlikely any team improves enough during the scene that I would pull them to take down Lunion at either juncture yeah um, Bilbao might be about the only team I would have done that for if it had fallen on one side or the other of Pat coming back. So, yeah, I think um, I think I'm going to play safe and go with Illunion on this one. I would do the same. Uh, I think there's only one quarterfinal that anyone could see going both ways. Um, I think Mercy of either lead, unless Harizar shows up with Stone Cold Steve Austin music and so on. Uh, I don't think I could see that going anyway, but Mercia pressing for 32 minutes and shutting the game down. Well, I mean, Hadiza has to show up at some point. Right? Mm. So every uh, every week yeah. that passes, every week passes, is it increasingly or decreasingly likely that he turns up? That's a good point. I guess technically increase it. Like, well, no. If it's going to happen, then the later it goes, the more likely it is to happen that week, but I'm not sure it's like I'm not sure it's a hundred percent. Um well, I will give 
I will give benefit of the doubt to Mercier on this one uh, on account of them having had all their players all season. I think I'll give a... benefit of the doubt to Mercier on account of being better than Vaya the lead. Well, having proven that all season, that's not that hard a take. Um, yeah, Grand Canaria, Bilbao, we are one and one for the season. Uh, they beat us by one more recently than we beat them by however many. Uh, so, you're, not, you're not one and one if you count how many times you played them in preseason, though, are you? Ah, uh, yeah, but I don't think anyone's counting that. So, um, yeah, we are one and one. They beat us by one in our place a couple of weeks ago. I guess this is like I don't know, but I guess this is the only one that people are calling one way or the other, rather than just for the favorite. Well, um, let's um, let's jump in the deep end. What's your call for this one? Um, I my call is we beat them. Uh I think we're kind of like we were in a I think it'll be a close, I think it'll be single figures, but I think we were unlucky to send Ramane to the line at the very end of a game that we were up one. Uh, but uh either way, like me saying that means that we scraped by them by one if that doesn't happen and that doesn't fill anyone with confidence either. Um I think we are better than we were a couple of weeks ago at this point as well. Um, we're the other side of a Champions Cup round that we got a lot from, um, this, that, and the other. Um, almost, I've been, like, for so long it feels weird to say we, but it shouldn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I... Yeah, I can... Yeah, I can... I can confidently pull for my team. I would have anyway, but I mean it. Um yeah. Can you let's see it going also, the other way? Well, let's not forget the most important stat of this whole thing, and it's Bilbao have never lost a Copa del Rey game you've appeared in for them. They've never lost a Copa del Rey you've appeared in against them because you played for Gran Canaria that one year and they beat you guys. And not only that, they have never lost a Copa del Rey game in which your name has been on one of the two roster sheets because injured and you watched the game from my house, your name was on the Gran Canaria uh, roster list, and they beat you then as well. So Bilbao undefeated when your name is involved. So, so make I sure gotta put, I got to put myself down on the list. Yeah, I exactly. got to get them to write me down. So it's a fail safe. Um, That's really now, funny to, to tell the guys like, "Hey guys, you've never lost against Gran Canaria when I've been involved, even when I was there." This is not me bragging. This is <laughs> this is literally fifty fifty at this point. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think I have a feeling of all the teams we talk about regularly. I have a feeling Gran Canaria may have hit their peak for the season. Um, that Illunion game shouldn't be troubling in and of itself, but I think they have expended an awful lot in getting ready for Euro Cup. Um, scoring that big win over you guys to set themselves on the way. Um, they ran. Landil Clubs beat San Stefano. And I think that Cantu game they lost by a couple that sent them spiraling out of Champs Cup quarterfinals. I think that may have had some some impact on them that I may well be wrong about this, but coming back to a relatively uninspired win over Malaga and then a complete does not make me think that this team is is powering on like there's no tomorrow. Um, so I'm going Bilbao based more on the fact I think you guys are more on the upswing than they are. I think so. Like if you 
I don't know. There's some stuff that we really needed to figure out, some stuff that we still do need to figure out. But I think we are, well, considering all I have done is sit at home and think about what, like, what our team looks like. I think we are closer to solutions than certainly than we were when we played Grand Canaria. Like, I think that was our, that was the only good game that we had before Champions Cup. There was a chance for us to figure that stuff out. And it ended up being like, oh no, not only are we not just figuring stuff out here, we're in a game. So I think we are, I think we're further along than we were a couple of weeks ago. They might be as well, but they might not be, as you say. So I, well, I was, I was yeah. never going to call any other teams, but. Well, the flip side of that is, as we've talked about off of the podcast, Bilbao seemingly lose every close game. So all Gran Canaria have to do is keep it close until the last few minutes. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, 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 not not only I, we need to learn how to manage close games but I think more importantly than that if we're up 5 we need to learn how to get to like 10 so that we don't get nervous Um, but yeah it'll be interesting to see I think that is the pick of the quarterfinals for sure for, for the neutral and the non-neutral in me but yeah last one we've kind of spoken about Amiad Vigo um, that one's and... that one's only going one way I would say yeah that's a that's a that's a tough draw for Vigo. Uh I think if you're Vigo, you're just like hoping that you don't end up against one of those two. Yeah. We'll it's probably probably pretty tough if you're like running the numbers about how yeah. like expensive it is to go and come back and this, that and the other, and you end up getting drawn there. It's probably a tough gig, but yeah, it's part of it. That's yeah. that's tough, but it is what it is. Maybe Let's Oscar go. maybe Oscar gonna have forty. Let's go semi-finals picks then. So, Illunion, Mercia. Illunion, Mercia. Um, Illunion to, to to not be as troubled by the press as Mercia hope and beat them by 20. <laughs> Mercia to Palalo in and amongst the trees on several occasions and have the ball tipped away as every Mercia Illunion game seems to go. Yeah, I can't see Mercia giving them trouble. I always think it's interesting to see how long it takes a team to figure out the press. Um, I think it's I think it's interesting to watch. Yeah, Mercia bring sort of bring out their their big guns and try and press them. And I just Alunion are too good and too physical for it to bother them. I think. Yeah. Um. I don't know if this is a stat, but do you think Lalo is the Spanish league leader in? the number of times per game the ball is turned over while allegedly on its way to him? Um, no, maybe. I'm trying to think of a, a funnier, trying to think of a funnier answer rather than a better one, but no. Uh, I've got nothing good. Um, yeah, maybe, honestly. Yeah. Um, Trying to think of the source of the most turnovers and if they pass to a certain person all the time, but I don't. I've got nothing good, so be, never mind. There'll be somebody who is like his team's receiver on the press break, who just sits over the halfway line and they try and hoist the ball to him, and he's like, "Guys, I'm nowhere near there." <laughs> that must... probably, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like second best player on bad team is probably yeah. my. But yeah, like we don't need to. We don't need to actually go there, so let's not bother. Um, uh, do you see any possibility of us scraping one past Amiab? I mean, we uh, lost a game by one, so in theory, yes. Like, yeah, I think, 
I mean, you go. It comes down to with Bilbao, you guys have Pat, and therefore you have a chance against anybody. Yeah. The fact that you have mo- mostly used those opportunities to mow down weaker teams rather than sneak up on any of the teams who would consider themselves, you know, at or above your level, means I would go Amiab here. Um, that's probably where we part ways, but it is not outside the realm of possibility that Pat might be able to to summon a game for the ages. And I would, yeah, I would... like well, he had thirty seven last week against them, so yeah. that's that's encouraging. I don't know if it's meant to be encouraging that he had that and we couldn't get it done anyway. While Filipski was having a sort of lower shooting percentage game, but yeah. I, like I, I think there's a pathway to getting there. Um, I'm sure we're underdogs for most people, but I, you know, I think we will be show up to Copa del Rey not meaning not meaning to win it, and or not being supposed to win it, and we've won it twice in a row. So we are Bilbao are pretty good at sneaking up on teams with sort of a with with the sort of underdog thing going for us and game planning our way into that stuff. So hopefully. Hopefully, without me there, they can, they figure it out. <laughs> uh, I'm never I'm never the brains or the brawn of the organization anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I probably just yeah, someone else can hand the waters out and clap hands. But um, yeah, no, I I I believe. So let's go on the assumption that Amiab uh, or Bilbao. Let's say the game is a draw and one or both teams go through to the final to play Lunion. Um I think if both teams go through, we'd definitely beat a Lunion because um, 10 against 5. That sounds like chaos. That might just work to a Lunion's advantage. Um, <laughs> just Tom O'Neill thriving because it's just chaos. Like, <laughs> be like this is what I needed. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I... I think if you guys are able to sneak up on Amiab, there's obviously nothing to say you can't sneak up on Illunion. Well, yeah. Um, We've played him close twice, and I'm not there for Terry to just sit on my footplate and hit a game-winning stationary three. I'm actually glad I'm not going to be anywhere near that. If the the situation arises, I can't be bothered dealing with it again. Uh, No, that's not true, but... (laughs) Yeah, I... um, I'm tempted to throw out completely that Illunion um, loss to Amiab earlier in the season because by the time if these two are to play each other in the final and they've already played each other they have another game to play against each other the following week I don't see that game from whenever it was November or December being that relevant to this and also they played in the Super Cup uh, um, Illunion won yes, they're correct. one technically I think we discounted that earlier but yeah, I forget the Supercopper happens, to be honest. <laughs> I don't. But um, About once a month, I see an Instagram clip that makes me remember. Yeah, Terry, stop posting those. Uh, um, ter- Terry, Terry, you're the most clutch shooter of all time, and you deserve to post that stuff. I'm, Do whatever you want. I, I think I might go Illuminion just for a bit of chaos. I think you'll, <laughs> you'll probably go Amiab because I think you... Well, A, you watch them a lot more than I do, as we've covered on this, so I think you're probably inclined to lean their way. No, I'm uh, not. I, I'm inclined to lean us winning it. Like well, yeah. I think we're going to win the whole thing. We won two in a row. If you win the third one, you keep the cup. 
<laughs> we're um, we're we're so, going to uh, win it. Well, no, I I think I think we can is what I mean. Okay, if people are listening still to this point, you heard it here first. And does that mean it, if you're picking Bilbao, can I pick both of Amiab and Ilunion and maybe even Gran Canary <laughs> if that's the, they're the teams in your path? I mean, yeah, you can pick against your friend's team three times in a row if you want. That's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was never, like, I was obviously never going to pick anyone else. Um, so, yeah, it's not like I play for a team that couldn't win it. Yeah. We might yeah. not, but, like, I think we have the tools, like... We we learned that with the um the tournament preview episodes where we used to get guests in and be like, so what do you think you guys are, what do you think you guys are gonna um accomplish at this tournament? Like, well, I whether obviously I, whether I believe it in my soul or not, I can't publicly say that I don't. So I think we're gonna win it. Um, hence yeah, why we sense. don't have guests on for the previews anymore. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like we just like fill in their bracket for them on the way in and be like, well, you think you're gonna win it. Um, but as I say, like we've literally won it two years in yeah, a row. Like, uh, I'm not discounting that. The um, magic of the cup. Um, but, do you yeah. have Do you have anything else, Copper Del Rey, before we head off? Uh, no. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching it. I probably won't be there. Um, never know. I have, a, I have a, one last medical appointment on Thursday for them to be like, yeah, probably not. So, uh, doubt it. But yeah. Um, sad to be missing it, especially because it's very close to home. It's in Burgos, and we've gone to God knows where for the last two. So it would have been great to have a short journey. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. But yeah, uh, I'll just if we make the final, I'll just show up on Sunday unannounced and wreck the joint. Happy days. Um, if you guys are still listening at this stage, so it's Monday today as we record this. This episode will be out Tuesday morning. And we are going to be joined Wednesday afternoon to record by Aaron Young, uh, who's going to... We've got a, a weird semi-made-up angle to talk about the recent um, Wiesbaden and Hanover game. So she's going to be taking us through that. We're going to be asking for questions on our Instagram about the same time this episode drops, I imagine. So if you've got anything that you want to ask Juice about, then head over there and ping us some questions. And yeah. Looking forward to to that one because I little spoiler for this one. I'm going to do everything I can in this upcoming episode to establish Wiesbaden and Hanover as a real rivalry to the point of flat out just ignoring what Juice may or may not have to say to the contrary. Oh God, I can't wait to dismiss you. All right, cool. <laughs> um, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, uh, the internet has kind of cut in and out, so there might be some might have been some weird stuff. Uh, I'm gonna try and clip out some of the real bad stuff but if there's a little bit bits and pieces of weird connection uh out of our control uh apologies and thanks for listening we'll talk to you in a couple of days bye Peace.